0: Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh Chavda, presented by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. We began looking at Easter, the Sunday, of course, we, we did uh, before also, but particularly the incident where Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem now the he's triggering the amazing events of Calvary and how he hung on Friday, we honor it, naming it Good Friday and how he took our sins and our sicknesses he took our curses, and as we say by his stripes, the word says, we were healed, and that cross affects us but one of the things that uh, we we will look at a little bit um, it changes us it transforms us so there is a power of the resurrected savior that as we behold him and as he uh, reveals himself It changes our lives, changes our goals, and there is power that comes over our lives. And His presence grows and grows. And with that comes commissioning, that it transforms us, that we often we see in part, prophesy in part, and we prophesy ourselves even and say, "This is my goal." But then He, as we traverse this Easter journey, it clarifies more. In whatever way God chooses us, chooses to use us, He continues to adjust us, and as He adjusts, he adjusts our. Purpose and commissioning, so I wanted to look at it a little more in detail this morning but the the key now I wanted to center our worship this morning around this particular incident a basic uh, say it and then we'll read about it but it is in the breaking of bread that the disciples on the road to Emmaus it's like they couldn't see very clearly Jesus was hidden and therefore his purposes were hidden as we all it's a type the road to mess but it's amazing effect and that's why I it is imperative in this season where nations have been defined in many ways 200 plus nations by the way they've had to handle this virus that most people it's important so that they could see the source and uh, so they, they have been tracing trying to trace physicians uh, where did it originate so it can how we can treat it how it originates what are the things that Emanates from that source, and so most researchers have found that the virus. Most sh- assuredly, most believe that it's from the Chinese, the Wuhan province, and it shouldn't be taken as an ac- accusations against any peoples, but tracing it. Helps the, formulate the vaccines by which they can use it uh, to prevent and help people overcome. But above all, for us, we believe that always, always, Jesus is Lord, and He will direct us, and He may direct the physicians who are still working on it. Some say this is, the, this is the vaccine by which we treat it. But there's still, I think, still much work to be done. I remember uh, as a young boy, forgive me if I've shared this already, but uh, as a very young kid, I remember they would line us up. This was in a British colony. Kenya. And from our school, but every day there would be a t- team of doctors who would go through different cities and you have to open your mouth and they would spray something in your mouth. And then another one was where they would do a scratch in your, in your upper arm and inject it. So there was the that would give us prevention against polio and it really was effective so they found certain diseases that they were very easily able to through the work of wonderful scientists by the way I mean this is just by the way that the polio vaccine I believe was formulated by a Jewish physician and talk about owing you know our debt to israel <laughs> he was certainly a key help in getting us where pretty much all over the world the threat of polio and if you we look at the history in the 20s and 30s the people i mean families were terrified that their children might get polio but ever since the invention uh, extension of the vaccine if we treat it right that if we treat our the young children growing in every country that that vaccine takes care of the threat of polio i pray that in the coming days there will be a vaccine that will help really definitely definitely resolve the issue of the covid what whatever virus we're still they're still working on it, I mean they're refining it, so it's a matter of prayer but uh, we're going to break bread together. we're going to take communion but uh, I wanted us to look at a proper context for the uh, for taking the communion elements in the context of one of the best representations of the, the whole events of the resurrection and what was happening during that time. That day is a special day, of course. Last Sunday, Easter Sunday, we truly we, we devoted our attention to it and I wanted us to continue. Let, it, let that message transform us and uh, convict us. Uh, But transformation is one of the major things that happen. So I'll read this and then after a little while we will take the communion elements. But it says in the Message Bible, Luke 24, I wanted to do something, I mean, we will refer to what we already referred to on last, last Sunday, but we take it a little further in Luke chapter 24. It says, at the crack of dawn on Sunday, the women came to the tomb carrying the burial spices they had prepared. It's a very moving uh, event here. The women are not expecting anything except that they have to apply the spices on the body of their Lord Jesus. And it says they found the entrance stone rolled back from the tomb. So they walked in. But once inside, they couldn't find the body of the master Jesus so there were, there were puzzles, wondering what to make of this. Then out of nowhere it seemed, two men, light cascading over them, stood there, this uh, is Peter, Eugene Peterson's translation. And that's, this is his way of describing the glory. And we are a glory people we are, that of course we are. A gospel people, we love the Word, the Bible, the promise. Of course, we love above all our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But these are the awesome events that clarify to us if we ever had a need for them, that this is concerning the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who totally matters and transforms each of our lives but as we look at it and see it we are ourselves all on an individual journey there is a corporate like I said the whole world should be transformed but the individuals in that the church is the corporate and the church was indeed transformed part of the transformation i was happened to l- be reading something about william wilberforce and uh, how he was influenced by john newton who wrote amazing grace and uh, was very much used. He was involved in the slave trade and then God convicted him. And then it affects William Wilberforce who was a wealthy man but was not exposed to the truth of the evil of slavery in England and he is on a journey himself and then he is. Once he is revealed to him how evil the slave trade was and how he became a leader and a spokesman that would be used by God to transform the empire in such a way that wherever the British Empire was, they could influence and cast out and put an end to the slave trade. So, but just like John Newton... Wilberforce was affected and impacted by the message of the gospel and he got transformed and had to change. and he changed, helped change the history of the British Empire and therefore even our history was influenced and the revivals of Wesley and others they were very instrumental in raising up mighty people who say we will not tolerate slavery anymore but they were transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ so that their life purpose was transformed. I'm just saying that the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus are a perfect example of people deeply impacted and transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here we see, and then the angelic activity and the light or the glory cascading all around them. It's like they're shining. Light is emanating from them. And of course, as we have looked at the other studies, it's when, like Moses when he was around the the person of, of God, he was so transformed. The, he, he being around God, he just can't, unless he chooses to, he may withhold the glory. But if he doesn't, the, the glory, the light of the glory is cast all around the angelic beings. They have been with God. They are anointed and the glory is all over. The women were awestruck and bowed down and worshipped. So, see, say something about the glory, the presence of God that triggered the women to completely bow down and worship if they, they are representing heaven. And these women have the right instincts. The women were awestruck and bowed down in worship. The men said, why are you looking for the living one in a cemetery? There'll be a day when every believer in any cemetery buried, he'll be emptied. Uh, the angels said, is not here, but raised up. Remember how he told you when you were still back in Galilee that he had to be handed over to sinners, be killed on a cross, and in three days, rise up. Then they remembered Jesus' words. They left the tomb and broke the news of all this to the eleven and the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them kept, telling them kept telling these things to the apostles. But the apostles didn't believe a word of it. Thought they were making it all up. But Peter jumped to his feet and ran to the tomb. He stooped to look in and saw a few grave clothes. That's all. He walked away puzzled. And then You wonder, Jesus had told them over and over, in three days, I'll be raised up. So these are even more typical than most people that are still not believing in the resurrection. Then the whole adventure of the disciples on the road to Emmaus takes place in verse 13. Luke 24, 13. That same day, two of them were walking to the village of Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. How many? Seven. It's it's good to remember. They were deep in conversation, going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them. But they were not able to recognize who he was. So this is the same day, later in the day. And they are walking, by the way, the way they describe how they are walking, walking to Emmaus, which is west of Jerusalem. So these two, uh, that's their journey. And Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. That is a mystery. And it's because I I believe the, the Lord withheld Now he is in this glorified body. But he is, something supernatural is happening. He's he's withholding his identity. And he asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? I wonder how they looked at this stranger. And they had been with Jesus, they were disciples. And yet they're not recognizing, I believe, there was a purpose in it. But they were, they looked at this person as a stranger who was walking along with them, not as, wow, this is the master, it's Jesus. He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently? They just stood there, long faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, are you the only ones in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? So they're in consternation. And they have been really so hurt. They had such high hopes. Perhaps this is the one who is going to get rid of the Roman Oppression, we are going to be free from the Roman Empire. Maybe we'll be free. And the Messiah is coming to rule. He will kick out these Roman oppressors. And many of them were, had defined this in the flesh. And they had been traumatized. Because I'm sure some of them saw Jesus in that... Uh, terrible era of those. I mean, in, in the events, his being whipped, his being uh, so bloodied, and then the whole crowd screaming when they have been giving a choice: you want Christ or you want Barabbas? And they kept. Now the crowd, majority of them, had. Very tragically, chooses shouts out the name of Barabbas. We want Barabbas. And I'm sure they may have seen the hammers as they crucified Jesus and as he was hung on the Calvary cross and possibly heard Jesus saying, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? So, and then Jesus, verse 19, he said, what has happened? They said, the things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene, he was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him got him sentenced to death and crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with a story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said. But they didn't see Jesus. Now it is, here is Jesus right there walking along with them. And there's still, they didn't see Jesus. We don't know what happened. And Jesus had prophesied that this way he would be be resurrected on the third day. Then Jesus said to them, then he said to them, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophet said? And that's an aspect that I believe, even this year, I believe we are on a journey. We are going from glory to glory. And there are aspects of us that still need a further living revelation. I believe that way, way back when literally the glory surrounded and I, from a Hindu background, I was able to, I read the Bible and the glory visited me. And I was transformed. But there was no question I needed to turn my life over to Jesus Christ. But it is a personal decision and commitment. But here is Jesus. I mean, it's such a wonderful, such events that are happening right here. It is not, for me it's not just, there is a lot of, in the last 10, 20 years we had a lot of, People or different kind of seminars he would have, and a discussion, but it was intellectual discussion. Well, these were the prophetic words, and and there would be some humanists and uh, unbelievers who would debate believers, and uh, but it would be an intellectual discussion, and there would intellectually for me will not, may have a little bit of clarity, but it does not give you revelation. It's the glory, awesome power of the message itself that impacts you, that you know that you know that you know. Jesus is exactly what he said he was. And it must, it should impact us and define us. Right now these guys are walking away from Emmaus and they're named it the scripture names one of them was Cleopas. But throughout the story we don't know who the other disciple is. And I think it's left purposely so we fill in the blank. It could be his wife was traveling with him. That's not unusual. Or a dear friend. But they both have not been able to see Jesus. In a few moments we'll see that the, Jesus puts him in a spot where they, he is going to bless the, bar, the bread and the wine and transformation happens, revelation happens. Don't you see that these things had to happen? Jesus says to them that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter, enter into his glory. So they had visualized that, they, had, they knew and they received that thing that maybe Jesus was the King. Of glory, that he would, but that thing was more on a limited scale of the secular definition of what they wanted Jesus to be. Uh, here, Jesus explaining to them, don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer, you know, only then enter into his glory. So here you see them, they had been impacted by the message of the glory but had not realized that all our sins needed to be taken care of. All the history of sickness and pain and curses. Here, Jesus is telling them all this had to happen. He suffered for you the Messiah to suffer. Only then enter into his glory. Then he started, boy, this is so awesome. I just You can place yourself there, sitting right there with Jesus. Wouldn't be something to have Jesus himself explain? Listen, this, now in Exodus 12, we see the Lamb of God. And the, that Lamb is just the type of the real Messiah who suffered on the cross and he took our sins and our sicknesses. This is what Isaiah 53 says. So here you, we see Jesus explaining to them the whole road to Calvary. Then he started at the beginning with the book of Moses, went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. Now that that is a real lecture. I wish I I could have been there. As he pointed out, no one could have explained like Jesus did. Pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. He acted as if he were going on. But they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them. And here is what happened. And the author realizes the significance and that the, the importance of this event is part of the resurrection story. And here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them and taking the bread, he blessed and broke broke the bread and gave it to them. At that mom, moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. and then he disappeared. So in the breaking of the bread, he's, they're able to see Jesus. For who he really is. He is the resurrected Savior. They're able to see the nail prints in his hand. The, and I do not know what whether he could he showed his side where his heart had been pierced. But he is resurrected. And then he disappeared. At this in verse thirty. One, at that moment, I would say the, the eyes were open. It would not be open-eyed and wide-eyed. I think Peterson missed that because his, uh, that's where the, it's part of seeing that as he went through the Passion of Calvary, He was doing it for them, for their sins and the sins of the world. But anyway, at that moment their eyes were open and I really felt that at this time as we face the coming days and challenges and also I believe the outpouring of His glory more and more. May you Even today, as we take communion, in a sense, break bread, that in just simply doing that, their eyes were opened. And may our eyes be opened further, that there are aspects of our lives, things that the Lord knows that we still yet do not know. An adventure, that be, could be full of pain, but you see the glory. For Bonnie and I, is uh, at that, that time, I mean, you know, I'd just gotten married, so I had to tell her mom and her dad. I'm going to marry your daughter. We are, and our purpose is we have been called to the gospel. And whatever God's grace, he'll take us. And, uh, but never anticipated that our first baby would be described on the third day by the doctor that he examined that the baby is terminal. And what a heartbreak. Here we were called to glorify Jesus and preaching and all of that. And Lord, what sin have we committed? You you kind of ask. I mean, we were not mature enough to ask mature questions. I don't know whether there are any mature questions. I mean, uh, your baby is dying. Your first son. And so, uh, if some years before, God had given you a choice. And, and do you want to, I'm going to have you go through this? I'll say, uh-uh. No, sir, thank you very much. <laughs> Give it to someone else if you need to. Uh, this is That would be so heartbreaking. And it was. But wow, the glory visited my son. And we saw the glory the shining light and the golden light and we saw, we could perceive that our son was connected with Calvary and Jesus was taking it. I mean this is a personal, pardon me giving a personal testimony but the glory visited us and he was transformed even his body inside that Jesus healed him then later on, at that time, you would say, "Was that worth it to go through?" Then I would have said, "Yes, of course, awesome! We saw the healing." But before then, uh-uh, I don't think I want to go through that. Uh, so there are things that God may have set us on the journey, but it's all to the glory of Jesus Christ. This is—it's a wonderful description here. Uh, At that moment, wide-eyed, they recognized him and then he disappeared. May we, even today, as we take communion, see him further and recognize him. That's why, you know, there's just a small other personal apostrophe, but I'm on a personal level, I love the opportunity we have to take communion together and that it's powerful. Uh, and I've described this, that when uh, we would, I got to travel with Brother Derek Prince more than anybody besides his wife. So we, were, we did a lot of adventures, but he, he was a mighty apostle way older than me, but he would come <laughs> and knock on my door and have the communion elements every afternoon whenever we could, when we had settled down in a hotel or somewhere. And he would say, let's have communion. If you're going to give up, we were ministering, we were praying for people, well, better charge your batteries. You are human. And don't be blasé. It is awesome that we are allowed. God is giving, giving us the privilege to take his body and his blood. And you're going to be rejuvenated. You're going to be and here to see Jesus. And the moment they recognize him, it says, and then he disappeared. He had a glorified body. Back and forth, it says, verse 32, they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures for us? So they truly felt a supernatural warmth. They couldn't explain why they were feeling it. May you, this morning, feel Some of that supernatural warmth. May He transform you and bless you. That is that's what we see happening here. Once you see Jesus, it transforms you. Number one, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you immediately. That's what happened to me is once I was in the glory, there was for me, there was no question. I knew that I knew Jesus was Lord. And immediately, there was nobody there except the Lord himself in his glorious light. But I got on my knees and received Jesus Christ. And it totally changed me. But even today, may you be further transformed. May you be blessed. May you be healed. May people watching us here May your home be filled with his glory. May your husband get a healing, or your wife, or your grandma that's in your home. But may the Lord stretch forth his hand to heal. It says in Acts 4, and signs and wonders be done in the name of his holy servant Jesus. Did our hearts burn? So it's not self-emotion. It's not something they're made up You are around Jesus. It's amazing. And you read some of the uh, personal testimonies or diaries of people who were in Brother Billy Graham's meetings in the late 40s and 50s. And when he gave the invitation, from what I've read, I mean, there was, if you were not saved, their testimony was there was no way you could keep, it, keep that person away from going up at the altar and giving their lives to Jesus Christ. There was such a supernatural vibration. And that happened. I, I mean, I, I used to love... Uh, still, I have some of those few books... But I used to love to read the testimonies of people who were in oh, Brother Or Roberts meetings. So there were some amazing people, Catherine Kuhlman's meetings. I, I, by perchance, I mean I didn't. I was just a young person in graduate school, but I would begin my pastorate and went. She visited our city where I was. I don't know how, but they put me up front to be the last person to examine someone before they came up on the stage to talk with Sister Catherine. And I'll tell you, it was all I could do to stand up, up there, talk with people, because if I had allowed the amazing virtue and glory of the presence of the Holy Spirit, I would have said, thank you very much, don't bother me. I want to get zapped. <laughs> Just stay under the power. It was so glorious. And uh, may he let us experience some of those more. Uh, but there were and some of our meetings here where the, the golden glory showed up and swirled over us nearly 30 minutes or so. And uh, there were wonderful healings. But may we experience that. But I, I am overall in everything preeminent is the word of God. And so here we lead the word of God of the effect that the resurrected Savior had. Uh, and that uh, we feel on fire as we converted with us on the road. As he conversed with us, sorry. As he opened up the scriptures for us. May our hearts always burn with supernatural fire as we read the word of God may he always quicken us and then it says they didn't waste a minute they were up and on their way back to Jerusalem see they had been traveling but they were traveling away from Jerusalem and away from their God given purpose and uh away from the presence which as as they came back to jerusalem they were among the group of disciples where jesus now for the next 40 days he spent uh, going back and forth and they were around jesus and they were there i believe when in one place, in one accord, they, the Holy Spirit visited them. Well, and the few days before, where Jesus commissioned them, going to all the world, preach good news to all creation. And they got to experience all of that. So they clarified, Jesus clarified, he's not just a wonderful prophet. He is the Messiah. He is the king of kings. He is the one who took your sins and mine. Jesus tells them, why are you looking, or other ladies, the angels say to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And uh, he went through the scriptures a lot of scriptures that specifically spoke about Jesus, his coming, his suffering on the cross throughout the Old Testament at different times. And we see, this is talking about Jesus. Isaiah 53, I used to love. He used to stay for many days or meditating on Isaiah 53 where he took, takes the pain and sickness. And then we saw For example, I saw literally my son. It gets personal when it's your very own child experiencing the glory and the healing. But this, we see, it's not just theory. It's real. And so he breaks, as he breaks the bread, their eyes are open. And uh, it says in Ephesians chapter 1, it's a prayer of the apostle. Therefore, also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Wow. That's power. So you can barely imagine the exceeding greatness of his power. There's nothing, nothing in the universe like that and uh, then Jesus explains to them, I mean, just all, all just through that in the first five books of Moses and on, the prophets here is the power of God being talked about. So not just the lifetime of Jesus being on earth, but all the other Levitical sacrifices and the tabernacle glory and the atonement celebrated in the tabernacle. And Psalm 22, let the King of glory come in, Psalm 24. And... uh, So once the thing is once they see Jesus uh, Jesus doesn't say anything that I, I can see over there but immediately as they have a revelation of Jesus they turn around and go back to Jerusalem. They're heading out the revelation of Jesus has them turn around. We need we haven't, he's not finished with us. We are going to be commissioned. We're going to be empowered. You, your life, and that applied to all of us here, that you're going to give us, God's giving you power, He's empowering you. You have purpose. Each of us, you have purpose. And his presence is going with you. And uh, all the promises of God are yes and amen for each of us as we have believed in Jesus Christ. So I think there's a reason why the other disciple is not named. The only one, Cleopas, is mentioned. I believe we can put your name as the one the other disciple, and that he, he's giving you a blessed revelation of freshness. <laughs> just like, in many ways, Wilberforce, as the glory came in his life, he realized he had purpose. He had. In fact, I'm going to do all I can to kick out Slavery from any portion of the British Empire. And they did it. And then they uh, influenced America. And America did a lot of things to kick slavery out of other nations. Not just uh, here. But it was... People coming into fresh revelation our Lord is full of compassion and mercy and he's anointing his people with purpose in this hour in this year we are going to be empowered we all are going to get fresh anointing we're going to get all the impartation we can get. Praise God. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.